Hi, you are listening to Bullying Explained, where we discuss and share with you research-based advice with professionals and real-life stories about bullying. Change can only happen if we tackle the roots of the subject while educating ourselves and those around us. Our guest today is Ramsey Shimi, who is the head of IG at Poor Said School, and he's the head of English and Literature Department. And funny enough, he was my English and Literature teacher when I was in school. Hello. Hi, Tara. How are you? How are you? Doing good. I'm All great. It's so you. good to have you. You're welcome. My pleasure. So I want to start off by asking you, what does bullying mean to you? When someone says the word bullying, what does it mean to you? Um, it can come in different forms. I mean, it could be, obviously, it's a form of harassment, whether it's a boy, a girl at school, even nursery, I suppose it can start as early as nursery, although I'm not experienced in reference to nursery and I can hardly remember my nursery days, but infant school, junior school, all the way up to senior school, and I suppose even up to university i mean whether it is someone in the classroom takes a dislike to someone someone looks different physically different speaks different um or they've just chosen uh, a gang of uh, a group of like two three people are picking on that one person i suppose it also could be bullying from a teacher from a it doesn't have to be a student on a student although that's probably the Very most true. common thing i mean it could be a teacher that for whatever reason has taken a disliking to you or has taught the brother or sister or the cousin or, or whatever and, and just has some negative aspect or misunderstood what you've done in the classroom and now has you know a bone out for you and is basically always out to get you and everything but I suppose when you say bullying you're typically talking about student uh, bullying another student whether it's in the same classroom or you know a couple of years older I'm a senior you're a junior yeah, so on and so on or uh, it's the boys bullying uh, lesser physical boys or girls because they're jealous or they just don't dislike this they dislike this person. Yeah. So tell me, have you ever experienced some kind of bullying in your life that you till this day remember? Um, obviously, when you're at school, um, from uh, a teacher's point of view, and obviously when you're a student yourself, you, you see bullying around you. I'll, I'll come on to... Uh, personal bullying from my point of view my, i can just talk about my experience uh in, in port said in in ig schools uh in american schools in national schools in egypt it would be foolish for me to say there's no bullying i mean we'd love to have a zero tolerance and it it doesn't exist but it'd be foolish to say it doesn't happen it does happen um and it's not right and um sometimes the school turn a blind eye to it Sometimes it's unfounded and most of the time it's founded, you know, the, for whatever reason, whether it's um, a matron or whether it's a teacher or a supervisor or, or a student with a student. Um, there are forms of bullying all the time, unfortunately, in school. And I think that's just the devil the schools are. You know, you've got huge amounts of uh, children congregating together and there's always going to be for want of a word, better word, the black sheep of the family or someone who sticks out and you can't ask 20, 25 uh, students to all love each other and like each other. Always someone's going to stick out and there's always going to be some bad apple in the class uh, or classes. 
Um, so in Port Said, yeah, and in any school, not particularly Port Said, it's something we, 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 we don't stand for and we, we try to stamp it out. And if we see it, we, we action on it and we hopefully do the best for the students and address it head on and, and, and nip it in the bud and stop it. Um, in reference to, like I said, when you and I were uh, a team and I was tutoring you back in 2008, 2009, all the way through to grade 10, 11 and 12, yeah, there were there there is forms of bullying, and you'll be able to talk to me and tell me and tell the viewers and the public more than I would about it. But obviously, I'd seen that you'd done this topic before in reference to bullying, and and I went back and tried to remember your academic journey in Port Said uh, from the first day of two thousand and eight, two thousand nine, uh, starting in September, and I was like. Tara, Tara didn't get bullied and everything. And you might say, you might tell me that it was bullying before grade nine and everything like that. But one of my first memories, and then, and then something clicked, and I went, no, actually there was an incident. So therefore, if there's one incident, there, there's probably more incidents. But I remember, obviously, while you were studying, you were starting doing your modeling, and you were starting to do photo shoots, and you were traveling some time. You hadn't got into theater and movies yet, I don't think. Yeah, uh, that's true. Wrong. But you but you definitely were doing modeling and you definitely were traveling and everything and starting to get exposed and starting to become big in your field and uh, be a huge success. And I remember the, the thing that, that, uh, that struck me about you is that you literally handled it so well. You, you were so down to earth and so natural where you actually were studying and you actually were taking on this career and you were juggling both and, and, and uh, for want of a better word, killing two birds with one stone. You were doing your academic and you were obviously doing your career at the same time. Remembering you, I was trying to think about you and, and, and bullying and I was going, no, she never got bullied. She was so popular. She was always an A student. She always did her work. She was caught up. She always did her homework. She was never truant. She was never absent. Everyone loved her. Her girls loved her in her class, even in the other class. And the boys and you all were like friends and family. And I think you still know a lot of them now. And then I, and, and then I remember you didn't have to turn out like that. You could have been more pretentious. You could have been, look at me, I'm famous, but you never were. You always kept your feet on the ground. So I was like, no, Tara doesn't get bullied. It's not my Tara. And then I remember, no, you, you, you did get bullied. I remember it vividly. It was one day I was coming from, from upstairs from a lesson and I met you halfway on the stairs and you physically were shaken and it wasn't the Tara that I knew. And I stopped you in your tracks and you stopped. And we had a good relationship, obviously teacher-student uh, relationship. We trusted each other. And I literally said, what's wrong? And you were physically shaken. And I could see that you had a problem with, I think it was some of the girls, two or three girls. And I said, you know, where are they? Let me deal with them. You know, I'll, I'll pull them by their hair. And you know, no, leave it to me. I'll deal with it and everything. So obviously, even then, in grade nine, when I think grade nine, you're how old? You're grade nine, you're... 13 to 14, is that correct? Um, I guess nine? 14, I'm not sure exactly. Yeah, yeah. maybe 13, 14, and maybe some of them are even 15, depending whether you're younger or older for the year. So anywhere between 13 to 15, but 14, let's say, is an average. So even then, you know, as a young teenager, you, you were having that problem then. And you handled it. You went, no, let me deal with it. Uh, I'll come back to you. And then a couple of hours later, I checked on you, on you without you realizing it and you were smiling again and the class was smiling. Again. So you obviously smoothed over the cracks and dealt with it. And the next day you were back to your bubbly self and obviously feet on the ground. Yeah, doing your career, doing your work and everything like that. But I, I'm guess, 
I'm guessing you had the bullying from the earlier days and everything. That's so very true. Yeah, the there was. Of, yeah. yeah, there was one incident definitely, like throughout the years that uh, from grade seven till twelve, but it was mostly early on when I was younger. What's the role of a teacher, in your point of view, to communicate with the children that are bullying, or that are being bullied? Yeah, I mean. Obviously, like you say, in Port Said, we've got pre-IG and then IG. So you even see it in, in, in grade seven, as you mentioned it, and it's happening all the time. I mean, when it's, when it's grade seven, it, it's silly things. I mean, I, I see it in the playground. So sometimes I'm just looking for my room or sometimes I'm on the playground playing football with them or just talking or, you know, I'm looking, you know, from my room of a view for want of a literature, better, literature, better word. And I can see two boys in there. They're kicking each other like donkeys and slapping each other, and 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 then sometimes they're best of friends, and they're literally at each other's throats. And it's like, it's like, how can you be best of friends, and then you're doing this? And I th I suppose when that's the case, you just remind them that your family, their family, they love each other, and to, to you know to break the ice and to to make friends again. That's not really bullying. That's obviously something just went wrong. Um, and typically you see them the next day and they're, they're back hugging each other and, and so on and so on. But it's not even nice to see boys, you know, kicking like donkeys. Fighting, um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it, it's definitely not how we used to solve, resolve our problems in, 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 in the UK and England. It wouldn't be, uh, <laughs> it wouldn't be kicking anyway. Um, yeah. More like uh, fists at dawn and things like that and, you know, sword fights. Anyway, um, but then there are, there are more serious things where they're actually bullying, where, you know, you, you can see it. It's the, it's the student in the corner and they're isolated, um, for want of a better word, with quarantine and everything now. But they're isolated. They keep themselves themselves. They don't interact. They don't smile. Uh, no one involves them. They sit in the classroom at the break time. Um, they try to get involved and the rest of the class put them down. Uh, and for whatever reason, I don't know how that happens. It's just that they've got labeled that way or a couple of the, for want of a better word, the jocks, you know, the, 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 the top people of the class have decided that wrongly. Um, and they should be ashamed of themselves. It shouldn't happen. I mean, how do I personally do it? Um, if I see it, maybe I go head on and tackle it head on there and then and I'll obviously protect the, the victim, the, the person being uh, victimized. But sometimes that can go against them because later on, you're there all the time. You can't, you know, be there to protect them all the time and you're not teaching them 24 seven every day. So sometimes it can backfire because then obviously, ah, you've got the teacher to pass in trouble and so on and so on. So that's not always the best case because then you protect them for a split second or for that class or for that moment and then they get bullied and it gets escalated. So sometimes it's, it's take the victim to the side and tell them why is this happening? How has this happened? Uh, why do you think it's happening? What can we do to help you? Or maybe just give them words of encouragement and tell them you're better than this, you're stronger than this. Forget them, they're jealous or they're, misun they're misguided, forgive them. Or not turn the other cheek, but um, you all equally can't say an eye for an eye. You know, there's no right or wrong, but you've just got to do it differently every time. So sometimes it's tackle it head on and say, cut that out, I don't want to see that ever again. And that's enough if the, if the student respects you as the teacher and knows that obviously you have authority and that you control the classroom well. Sometimes it's take the person who's being victimized, bullied for want of a better word, and give them the confidence to tackle it head on or to turn the situation around and to make friends. 
but equally you can't force it. You can't make someone popular if they're not popular. Yeah. Um, so there's no right or wrong. I mean, I'm guessing there's no fixed policies in schools. I mean, obviously schools will tell you, yes, there's no bullying and there's zero tolerance. Um, you know, unless you're reporting it, which then there's a problem in itself because there's a stigma that you're now a snitch for want of a better word. Exactly. That, you know, th that you, you can't fight your own battles. You went to the teacher, you went to the principal, you went to the Madeira, whatever you want to say, you know, the headmistress, the headmaster, or, or the, the class teacher. Um, I'm trying to think of all the different, you know, people in power in schools uh, in Egypt for different systems. And uh, the dean, and you can't fight your own battles and so on and so on. So, I mean, it's an interesting thing. There, there's no right or wrong. I mean, how did you deal with it? I mean, you say most of your bullying happened pre you and I, you know, before pre IG, more like in grade four or five, whatever it was. How did you tackle it? Well, it's very interesting to me because you're absolutely right in this whole stigma thing where kids in general, or maybe older people, young adults are very scared to be the snitches and they're very ashamed of saying that they're bullied or that they've been bullied because it shows how weak they are in the eyes of the other person in front of them. But I'm, I do hope that by talking about the subject that we kind of encourage people that they talk about it, that they heal through this, that they seek uh, not revenge, but that they seek this feeling inside of them to be not not to basically not pay attention to this hurt that was being caused to them yeah. before so but it they is still a have very a value. they still they still have they still have a value they still have a voice they still they still are a person they shouldn't be diminished or demeaned absolutely demeaned in any way. exactly yeah. and by talking i always realize that we always tell the person being bullied you need to stand up for yourself it's good that you build on your confidence but very little do we navigate the conversation towards the person bullying so there's a lot of things missing in the general knowledge to how do we talk to a bully how do we educate the bully how do we yeah. understand why are you bullying why is this why are you getting a kick out of hurting someone why is this something yeah. that is very pleasing to you so i believe that there's a very big role for the school because it, if it starts early on the school has a very important and big role to kind of have some sort of curriculum that makes children interact together, thus on the longer run, preventing some kind of uh, aggression towards each other. Yeah, I think you've, I, you've hit the nail on the head, sorry to interrupt you, because the bully actually might have outside forces or influences or problems that we don't know about. So the bully becomes the bully, ironically, whether it's aggressive parents, you know, nobody wants to admit there's aggressive parents, but come on, they're aggressive parents, or a broken home, or mum and dad that are divorced, or they separated, or a bigger brother or bigger sister or sibling that has bullied them, or cousins, um, or they're left alone, or they're neglected by their parents because their parents are very successful, or very busy, or don't even have to be successful. Could be a parent that's doing everything for his kids and has got three, four jobs, so they hardly see their child because they have to support them. And all credit to someone who's doing that, carrying five, six jobs just to look after their family and keep their family ahead. But I think you've got, you've hit the nail on the head. There's a very important thing. Maybe, I mean, nobody wakes up. I hope not, because that means they're fundamentally evil. And I don't think anyone's fundamentally evil, although I think of one or two people in history. 
<laughs> I don't think anyone wakes up and says, oh, I'm going to be a bully today. Yeah, I, I, don't, I hope not, because then they've got something wrong in their DNA and their chromosomes from their mum and dad are mixed up. <laughs> and maybe it's generic. I don't know. We're not scientists. You maybe tell me better than, better than I know in your research. But maybe that out of their 23 chromosomes for their mum or their 23 chromosomes from their dad, they've got some like psychopathic grandparent or something. I don't know. But I don't think so. But I'll tell you what I do know about a good apple and a bad apple, if that's how we want to label a, a child. Typically, when you meet a good student, a good child, well-mannered and everything, of which I would class you definitely as one, okay? Um, it means that parents, mum and dad, or the dad, in my case, my mum and dad divorced when I was six months old. It's really rare for someone in the 70s in England to look after, you know, to be a male or a father and look after their son. But I lived with my dad, not with my mum. With my uh, the opposite. But most times when obviously parents split up for whatever reason, it's normally the child lives with the mum. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a mum and dad. It could be a mum, it could be a dad, or it could be both of them. But typically when you've got a good student, a well-mannered student, a well-spoken student that has a good moral compass, it's probably from the mum and dad, probably. On the flip side, reverse it, when you've got a bad apple, for want of a better word, it's probably because one of the mum and dads are a bad apple or arrogant or that's how they brought their kid up i'm not saying that 100 percent, but that's in my experience and since we're talking about port said i've been teaching that now obviously for 12 years plus so it's a pretty good you know history is no guide to the future but it's a pretty good indicator and in my experience if the child boy or girl is pleasant it's because they've got a a really nice mum and dad or in my case amazing dad and in lots of people's cases just an amazing mum so maybe they're bully because they're physically bigger maybe they're bully because their family's more affluent or more well off money comes into it unfortunately or you know they they've got the better car the better house that dad is whatever their dad is and they think that gives them a, a position where they power. can abuse the, yeah power yeah let's, let's i honest. read this um, thing that I want to share with you because it makes perfect sense and kind of just sums up what, what you've just said. It's by a therapist based in New York. Her name is Tori Eletto. She said, beneath every behavior is a feeling and beneath every feeling is a need. And when we meet that need, rather than focus on the behavior, we begin to deal with the cause, not the symptom, which I think makes perfect sense. Behind every behavior, behind every bully, there is some sort of feeling that they're dealing with and because of that feeling there was something that happened to them there's a need they need attention they need validation they need love they need some sort of uh, interaction with humans so this is the way that they are getting it so there's a they lot of work attention. that yeah. yeah that's how they get the attention the love the interaction the popularity the power so it, it's just so much more deeper than the person being evil or just being a bully for the sake of today's the kind of day that I feel that I want to be a bully in. Well, unfortunately, I think schools in general, it's easier for them to turn a blind eye or this doesn't happen than to tackle the problem. Because when you start talking about tackling the problem, okay, and this child, whether it's a girl or this boy, whether it's two grade eighters, two grade teners, or a, a grade nine versus a grade 12 or 10 versus 10 or whatever, 
it, you then talk about if there's problems outside the school, then we start talking about the mums and the dads, and we start talking about interfering, and there's nothing wrong with, with mum and dad, we're great parents, there's nothing wrong with my son, there's nothing wrong with my daughter. Of course, my son, my daughter wouldn't bully, you've got it all wrong, it's the other student, he said something wrong, my son was just protecting himself, or my daughter was just defending herself. So, and then you start coming into the realms of, well, now we start having to need a therapy department, yeah. a counselling department, and is that the role of the school where we have enough problems just to get these kids into university and pass their in my case, in your case, the eight uh, O levels and you know the two or three AS or A levels that you're going to take to get into a, a good university. In your case, um, so and then there's how many hours in the time and the finances and so on and so on. But that's no excuse. We shouldn't make money a reason why we we, we don't look after the kids. But just to reverse it quickly, because you mentioned obviously also your your IG experience. How did you tackle it? Did you tackle it with the, with, with the students? Were they close friends of yours? Were they people that you were never friendly with? Did you speak to the teachers? Did you speak to your, your, your mum about it? How did you conquer it? Other I than, spoke to my mom about it. Uh, and, and my mom- and what was her wisdom? She ultimately went to the school and there was a whole mess created, basically with the parents buckle, yeah. fighting and children. And this, is, was, in, this is in what? What years? What grades? I honestly can't remember exactly the grade. It was, I guess, I don't know, grade nine, 10, something like that. So I just remember I felt very comfortable telling my mom because I came back home after the bullying incident. I was completely shattered and I didn't know what to do exactly. And I just felt... This is not the one we're talking about on the stairs, is it? I think it is. I think the same it is. one. Yeah, the okay. same one. And my mom was like, no, I have to go and I have to talk to the principal. So there was a whole day of talking and discussions and how and why's and all that. But many children don't feel comfortable talking to their parents about what happened because they feel ashamed that they're going to have their parents defending them. So yeah. I just hope. Or their mom and dad are going to see it as a sign of weakness that exactly. they can't handle it. Yeah, or I just how am I going to look of... if my mum and sorry? No, no, continue. How am I going to look? How am I going to look if my mum and dad comes to school to fight my battle? Exactly. I mean, I understand it. If it's a problem with a teacher, then really it should be the mum and dad that deals with, with the teacher direct, the principal, and then even the school principal. That that makes sense. But when it's obviously student, then how am I going to feel if my you know my mum or my dad? You know, my mum comes, I'm a mummy's boy. My dad comes, oh, I can't fight my battles. Yeah. Um, I just hope I there's kind really of know. more awareness to this thing that it does not have to be that you're weak. Bullying is a very huge umbrella and so much happens under it. And it's, it's good that you share and it's good that you talk about it. And it's some, if you can deal, like in regards to this issue, if you can deal with it on your own, then do it. Just don't get yeah. aggressive. Don't seek revenge. Always seek to kind of understand that the other person is going through a lot. But I guess back then I was not aware of that. I was not aware that the person that's bullying me has their own issues and their own traumas that they need to resolve, well, but, but they're kind of you, projecting them on yeah, me. But, but to be fair to you in your defense, not that you need me to defend you, but when you're being bullied in the victim, it takes a really, really strong person to look out of the box and go, hold on a minute, I'm not the victim. This guy, this person's got something wrong. I mean, that's real psyche and take it out and reverse, you know. It takes a lot of, yeah. Yeah. After a while, you realize that 
they're really dealing and struggling. So this is their so only are way to have fun. you telling me you've been cyberbullied as well? Yeah. I mean, who hasn't? It's, the, it's an era of cyberbullying, basically. Well, There's so I, much cyberbullying happening. I'm, unfortunately, I'm not as popular as you. The last time I looked, <laughs> even though we do follow each other on Instagram, but the last time I looked, I think you hit the 1.5 million mark. Uh, I only actually have, the last time I looked, 62 followers of which you're one of them. Good. And I can honestly say probably, I shouldn't really say this because the 62 are now going to look, but <laughs> probably five or six of the, or, or seven of them, let's say even 10 I could lose. So let's keep cut it down to a 50. So I definitely haven't been cyber bullied on my followers of 50, but I guess that doesn't really compare to your 1.5 million. I got so a guest Just that said something very interesting. He was saying that basically anyone who is a public persona or who stands for something or who is I know where this is going by the way public face of some <laughs> who is a public figure say, in some sort they get more backlash in general so yeah. I guess that's why I thought you were going to say, well, you put yourself out there, so therefore you take the rough with the smooth. You can't have it all, you know, your your 1.5 million followers are all going to be angels. It's not going to happen. But I suppose the moral of the story is, yeah, the moral story is you either go big like you or you just keep it really close to a tight 50 and then you can control them and everything. Well, you never know. A lot of my followers I might come in a year and you're going to have like thousands and thousands of followers. Uh, you might be writing books I, by I, then. I can safely say no. but <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> And then the, there's the problem where it's teachers who are bullies. It's not the students who are the bullies. It's teachers. There can be some terrible teachers and you see it. You see, you just walk around, you know, take my school for our school for example you know i walk around the school just to see what's going on you know to have hands-on experience whether it's talk to the cleaner whether it's talk to the librarian uh go see what pre-ig is doing and you see the same child out time and time and time again okay nine times out of ten it's because that child is 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 playing up in the class and they deserve it but sometimes genuinely this child has done nothing or the students done nothing and they just cough or they open their mouth or genuinely they try and ask a question and the teacher thinks they're being facetious or they're being sarcastic or they're undermining them and it's out. And by the way, what are we as, as, as tutors? We're, we're educators. We're here to teach, whether that's just for the subject to pass or to give on your wisdom for the whole of, of life, yeah? Um, and to hopefully pass something on to your, your students so they can go on and nurture and grow on to be great people for, themselves for their family for the country and so on and so on um and literally you ask the the, the student why you're out and it's literally i put my hand up i asked the question uh, the teacher didn't like what i said uh the teacher thought i was being funny and they're literally kicked out and you kicking a, a student out of the classroom there's no teaching so if they are a bad apple they're going to learn not from you but they're going to learn ah oh, i don't want to be in the classroom so let me do something bad to be kicked out it's better to be outside than to be in the classroom. That is so if there's true. Genuinely, yeah, if it's genuinely a mistake and they want to learn and you've kicked them out, then you've just kicked all the energy and passion for that subject out. And they actually hate going to that subject. I mean, you can take a student that isn't uh, that talented or doesn't have uh, you know, the book smart, but because they love the subject or they like you as a teacher, 
then they try their best and they just keep on, keep on, keep on, keep on. And all of a sudden they're a dark horse. And at the end of the year, you think that they'll be lucky to pass. You know, obviously RIG, Ds are pass, a C is the minimum grade. And they come along and they get the A or the star and they come from nowhere because they love the subject. And again, it can be a combination. They're just naturally talented in the subject, but you still have to nurture them. You still have to, you know, you can be a Ferrari. Uh, and if you don't have air in the wheels, or you don't put a key in the, in the, uh, the, key in the door, or you don't put petrol or benzene, as you want to call it, into the engine, it's not going to move. It's a Ferrari, but it ain't moving. And, and that's the complete opposite of what a Ferrari is meant to do. A Ferrari is a thing of beauty, and it's meant to go really, really, really fast. And yet it's a Ferrari and it's just stagnant and dormant. And that's what a good or bad teacher can do uh, to a student. So that's a form of bullying as well. And you can just look at the teacher sometimes. You just know, yeah, you've obviously come across too many bad students in your time and you now True. think that all students are bad apples and that's not the case. Or they teach one way and they don't know how to adapt for another teach for another student. Some some students need challenging. Some uh, students need you to be their friend, their big brother, their, their aunt, their uncle, their second dad or mum. Some students need you to be firmer with them so they know that where the line is, that there's a time to have fun, there's a time to learn. So I hope that you're making everyone aware that they have a voice and they should speak up about it. It's something they should do, whether it's to the teacher, to the principals, to their parents or to their bigger brother and sister, or to the people that are bullying direct, why are you doing this? Because in my day, it was something you didn't do. You didn't go to your mum and dad, or in my case, you know, your dad would have said, be a man, son, and fight your own battles. Yeah. By the way, of course, uh, my dad was the smallest of men, by the way, about five foot three. But whenever I needed him, he was there. Yeah, bigger in stature than you can imagine. But if you can fight your own bat battles, Ramsey, then do it. Exactly. And you didn't go to the headmaster because snitching was not something you did. Yeah. You just had to deal with it, but it shouldn't be like that. It should be that there should be an avenue and there should be a path and the route for people to, you know, expose this, express their differences, express their grievances. So half yeah. the time schools don't want to tackle this because of the, who the parent is or because they're scared of the repercussions or the, what's going to come back on them. But it Absolutely. shouldn't be like that. So I hope from this that you making everyone aware that they should speak out. Uh, and I suppose that's how the world is going to go. You know, they, they should speak out. Just very quickly, because I, I, we never tackled it. So these cyber bullies of your 1.5 uh, million followers, because I'm very jealous. What do you do? Don't you just block them? Can't you just block them? I just ignore them and you pray don't block for them. them? Nah. If, I mean, if they're like extremely like aggressive and threatening yeah, super, super yes. rude. Yeah, but if someone's course, just yeah. being bullying for the sake that they're i don't know annoyed triggered or could so be a thousand things jealous i just yeah. leave them in peace and pray for them have a better you, you turn the other cheek <laughs> and you pray for them so yeah. still now you're being the big, bigger person yeah i have to well it's better for both of us yeah your public can learn from that as well well, like we said, we're very, very proud of you and thank you're doing you. a great job. So thank you so much for being a part of this series it's and thank you for being on this episode. Thanks for tuning into our episode. We hope that our talk has been inspiring, insightful, and educational. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Wait for our next episode. 
And let's talk about bullying. 